This is the Hour of Power with Ben and Courtney. Hello and welcome to PowerPod. We're on audio and visual now and we have got Hannah Babaskis back with us. Hannah was on our episode with what a woman really thinks about dating and to date that still is the highest downloaded uh, session we've got on the podcast. So I'm glad to have you back and I really wanted to say to you the reason why I love having you on is because the way you speak and the words you use it just brought so much clarity and breakthrough for a lot of people listening to the session. And I love how I think we both dialogue similar around being specific with emotions, feelings, situations. And I think that power of specificity, I'm glad I'm pronouncing that word. Beautifully. <laughs> I think yeah. you said that really well. The power of specificity is it's just phenomenal because I think it brings not just you know myself and yourself awareness moments, but I think when we're in conversations with people and people listening to dialogues which are specific, it also brings awareness moments for other people. So that's why we're back. You're in America. I'm seeing yes. out my third winter here in Australia. <laughs> it's cold, but it looks really warm there. So yeah, um, in Reading, what's, what's the current report at the moment? Oh my goodness, it is hot as ever. It is like we're we're right in the hundreds every single day, really dry heat. You step outside and you can easily crack an egg and cook it on the concrete. That is where we are at right now. And also, I feel really special <laughs> that so many people love the podcast. I'm so that makes that brings me a lot of joy and it makes me feel really special. Mm. Yeah, for sure. So last session, we were actually back in Reading. So this is our first session recording, um, having left America. We will come back though, don't worry. Um, we were talking yes, about <laughs> yeah, momentum for ascension. I think Kobe was on that session as well. And Kobe, Ben and I were cracking open um, more the lie that people believe and buy into that I'm stagnant or life is stagnant at the moment. And it is a real lie that needs to kind of break because in life there's only momentum, there's only growth and learning. And when people start to buy into the lie that life isn't moving at the pace that I would like and I'm not going anywhere, they actually can't see the opportunities that are open to them. And so what we're trying to break out in that session was all possibilities. There's only possibilities and opportunities and for people to actually recognize that and to be able to step into that and then trying to get some language around what is your driving forces. Do you feel pushed in life or do you feel pulled? And that that ball is always rolling. Which direction are you going in? So I think Kobe did a great job with dialoguing that as well. But I would like to move this kind of session into, um, I've I'm going to title it, you are the hero of your story. And it's going off the back of that and also the truth that nobody is stagnant in life. So I've got a couple of questions for you just to um, pull out some some anecdotes. Firstly, um, you know, with your story and how you kind of journeyed into where you are right now, can you kind of go through some of the breakthroughs, some kind of real main moments in your life where you had a massive awareness moment, which switched from disempowerment to feeling empowered? And then what came of that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, 
Man, I feel like there was such a big turnaround moment for me in my early 20s. So I was around 21 years old, 21, 22 years old. I was in a pretty long-term relationship um, coming out of high school into my university years. Uh, met a guy when I was 18 and we were friends. My life just went out, whatever. Um, it's going to be a little blurry, but um, we were friends. And then um, we dated for a while. And then all basically all my identity was caught up in this guy, right? So I was thinking he was going to be kind of like the answer to a lot of the pain in my life to a lot of the lack of home that I felt because I grew up overseas on the mission field, uh, which I discussed in the last podcast a little bit. And um, they're, you know, not growing up around your core family and growing up with indigenous tribes. There's a, a little bit of a th- feeling of, uh, they call it being a third culture kid. So when I was in college, I was really finding all of my identity in this relationship because it was giving me a sense of security. It was giving me a sense of belonging. Um, and in some ways I gave a lot of my power away because I really wasn't secure in myself yet. And I really wasn't confident in who I was. I really actually didn't fully know who I was. So when I really clung to this guy, when stuff ended between us, I absolutely crumbled. I was not okay. A lot of the pain I had pushed down, um, from my childhood and from, um, parental pain and, and just dynamics a lot of us go through with relationships, uh, painful relationships, painful home dynamics. I'd push so much of it down. It wasn't just about the relationship ending, but it was like, it was bringing up, you know, when you hit one trigger, it kind of hits all the triggers. And I didn't know it at the time, but this immense amount of pain that I never knew how to process and I didn't have words or language for was, was presented in front of me. And I had to do something about it. And I could have sat there and looked at the relationship and been like the relationship that ended and been like, all of this was his fault. Cause a lot, there's stuff he did that broke a ton of trust. I'm not going to like oust mm-hmm. him on a podcast, but, um, it really, the relationship really crumbled. Um, and I could have been a victim to that and been like, this is all his fault. And now I don't have a sense of security. I'm in my early twenties. I'm just finishing university. I don't know what I'm going to do with my life. My whole friend group is attached to his friend group. Everything's crumbled. Now he's dating a friend in our friend group. Like there was so much that went on that I had to have a really personal moment between me and really God where I went, okay, I, I can't, I don't want to be a victim to what happened and I don't want to keep living in cycles of pain. And I kind of had this big surrender moment where I just let go and I went, I need to discover who I am. I really need to know who I am apart from my family, apart from this relationship I've been attached to that now that it's fallen apart. I've fallen apart. I don't even know who I am anymore. And I think that moment of surrender really set me on a trajectory for I would say the the last decade of really uh, living from a place of wholeness and living from an ascended place. I love the ascension terminology um, and, and living, uh, living really healthy in myself, my identity, in my body, in my soul and in my spirit. Mm. I think that brings up so many factors, especially for young women who are going through um, 
boyfriends and how the relationship will challenge areas of identity where some things may be kind of needing to be filled. And so I think you've just brought up like there's some spaces there that were being filled by somebody else. And then when that person leaves, what are you left with? You know, do you fill that with different things or am I going to reach for something that is substantial, something that is going to bring character and form a, a more of a solid foundation? So I like how you've um, assessed, you know, what is a solid foundation, what is going to be healthy long term and what is going to set me up for creating legacy, not just creating a short term you know, feel good. I'm going to be in this cycle and pattern. And I really like how, I guess we can probably surmise this is life happening to me or is life going to happen for me? Am I going to participate and really champion myself? And I think that's a really important thing, especially as a young woman, you know, going through early twenties that I think women sometimes will tend to kind of, um, you know, what's the word, like want to partner with more of a, a bit of a victim rather than being the victor. Like you, you can yeah. be the victor of your own life, the hero of your own story in a healthy way. And um, so that momentum, I think, because when you've talked about that relationship, that, that can feel like something's flawed you, like that momentum has stopped. And so can you probably dialogue around what it feels like to – have momentum slow and then what it feels like to, okay, I am going to drive this. I want to drive my life and, and continue momentum. What does it feel like to have that inspirational drive to just want to keep pushing forward? Yeah, that's a really great question. Um, I, what, what is behind the drive? I think I think when you are really secure in who you are, when you are in a healthy place of self-love and you are also, this is what I noticed in my, in my work that I do, I come, which is pastoring people. And it's a really strong counseling role with people and even coaching sometimes and getting people healthy, whole, and in a trajectory where they're living in the fullness of who God made them to be. And also like really in the fullness of their destiny and uh, what they were created for, um, is I think momentum comes from a place of love. So when you love yourself and you're loving other people, I feel like you're not trying to create momentum out of performance because I think sometimes when I was in seasons, especially growing up, uh, when you grow up in really highly religious environments, there can almost be a performance mentality, which isn't the heart of God. But um, I, I would kind of strive and push to get stuff done. Or maybe you grow up in a home where performance is really celebrated. And honestly, let's be honest, our world celebrates performance. Our world celebrates how many Instagram followers you have. Our world celebrates the like, the serotonin kick that you get off of things that can create almost a false sense of energy and love that doesn't come from in here first, uh, meaning inside. And um, when I let the external drive me rather than an internal reality in me drive me, which is where it should come from. I'm not saying we don't get energy from out there. I think that's good when we have healthy community and healthy environments that are creating momentum for us. Um, But 
there has to be something internal going on of love um, and self-love and really dreaming and dreaming big for yourself. I'm not afraid to write down my dreams and write down like five-year, 10-year, 20-year dreams and have those things written out um, that I I can breathe life onto them or look back on them and have different goals that I've set that I'm moving towards, but I'm not doing it for the approval of everyone out there. I'm not doing it even from, for the approval of my own parents, even though I want their celebration or, or like, I don't know, we have such a celebrity culture. I'm not doing it for the approval of man. I'm doing it because I really love myself and I love what I'm doing and whether there's momentum or not. um, I trust that, my dreams are real, that I have a purpose and that I'm going to reach my end goal. I was made to reach my end goal. I wasn't made to fail. Mm -hmm. I was made to reach my end goal. Yeah. I love that. And I love how you brought up, um, with social media as well, because I think that Instagram and Facebook, I mean, as great tools as they are, they can be used as a measurement for momentum. And that's not really always a true measurement because what I've noticed about Instagram and Facebook is that you really only fall into two categories. Are you informative on the social media platform or are you entertaining? And I think like you're the type of person that is revelatory. So sometimes it's harder to create something from nothing. Whereas a lot of what social media does, you're commenting on world events. The people who are doing well are either commenting on world events, commenting on the Johnny Depp legal situations they're making comments about this person or that person and they grow a business almost on commentary or it's um lifestyle sexy looking photos that's that's really only kind of the categories people fall into right yes because women's bodies are only a commodity you know that's i'm being sarcastic yeah (laughs) that's it and so i figured out that you know well what do I want to create? What is going to be legacy? And I figured out that, yes, I think I am revelatory in nature that I want to create something from nothing. I don't want to be creating a business or a social media platform commenting on world events. I want to be part of the creation of world events and, and momentum in that way. Do you know what I mean? I think that, and that takes longer to happen rather than just taking you know, beach photos, you know, not, not like that's wrong, that's so true. not, not like that's wrong, you know, but I think that's, you know, your nature is, I think is similar to that as well. Wanting to create something that's, that's revelatory and legacy. But, um, I did, I did like what you pulled on as well in terms of, um, momentum and how, you know, sometimes you can be pulled with other people's momentum and then how you're talking about, what's your actual push? Like what's your driving push from within yourself? And a lot of younger people that we talk to are trying to figure out what is the driving push from inside. And you talked about, it's that place of security and love. So would you be able to expand on how do you get in touch with what is secure within yourself? You know, how, how can you be aware of what your driving factors are and knowing that it's from a place of security and love? Yeah, I think some of the beginning stages of going, okay, do I, am I operating from a place of love? Am I actually operating from a place of, um, of authenticity to who I am, which is rooted in love. We should be loving ourselves. I think, unfortunately, in our culture, 
and with most people I meet, there is some layer of self-hatred in some sort of way. And all of that comes from pain. So it's rooted from experiences that we've had that either our mind remembers or our subconscious brain is holding on to. So we live out of reaction to a lot of that. So I would say some of the beginning stages of really being safe in yourself is learning safety with yourself and learning to really trust yourself um, and having really good, healthy people around you that aren't pulling you down, but the kind of people that raise you up. So we can't, we're not like a lone ship. We can't be on a lone ship doing all of this by myself, all this work of loving myself and stepping into my dreams. I don't actually want to do that by myself, nor was I made to do that by myself. Like we even see in science, we're made for community. We're made for communal living. We're made for family. So you want to find healthy people and a healthy environment. And sometimes that takes a little time to do uh, that pulls you up and doesn't bring you down. I was just talking to one of my students today and she said, man, I always feel like I'm with, um, I make friends with people that make me feel small. Like, why do I feel small? And I said, well, how did the friendship begin? And she was telling me about some trauma she had been going through and how she was sharing that with those people. And I was like, well, you did create a trauma bond. So they have a little bit of a savior mentality in your life. So they feel your relationship makes them feel big. And then you stay in a position that's small. Mm -hmm. And I said, but you don't need to be around people that make you feel small. You need to be around people that make you feel big and believe in you. And it's okay to let those relationships go. It's not gonna, it's not gonna make or break who you are. You got to find people that build you up and invest your time in that so that you're not recreating the same narrative of I'm small, I'm small, because you're drawing those people to you because you have a lens on yourself that says I'm not worth the time, I'm not worth being big. Mm, I love that. And that actually while you're talking about that, that brought up not trauma, but um, a thought also within me that I was noticing a few years ago, a characteristic that I have to want to prove myself. And then I was naturally wanting in what you talked about before with striving you know, naturally in all situations, trying to prove myself and then how that characteristic flaw, you know, if it's not healed, how that can create or enter you into situations in which it will cause bigger issues after. And I was actually talking to my mother-in-law not too long ago about a situation as well in which um, I didn't hit a cyclist. I bumped him <laughs> off his bike and he was fine. It was all, it was all you know, he was fine. And it actually created a situation in which I didn't realize, but he was um, he was up for domestic violence with his ex-wife. Oh, and he would call me multiple times during the day to try and get the insurance sorted, which I'd already had submitted to the insurance company. But this need to prove myself, I then started to figure out that I was being harassed. And I was also he was also basically trying to pressure me to give him money for the bike outside of insurance company. But again, wow. like we're talking about those characteristic flaws, I realized that this is a situation that I cannot handle on my own. And I felt shame to then try and report it to the police. So I held off as long as I could to try and deal with it by myself, again, trying to prove myself on that subconscious level. And I didn't wow. report it to the police until it was, it was getting to a point where he was harassing me to it was going to turn up in my workplace and harass me as well, which is totally not okay for an older man to do that to a younger female. 
But um, yeah, it's funny how those characteristic flaws, you see how they play out. And then on a subconscious level, you're not realizing it until, you know, it really hits the fan. So, um, but yeah, it's just, it's, it's a real awareness moment. I think that's the most important thing to step back. And I think when you're having that situation, like you talked about with a student where there's so many layers of emotion to what is happening, you got to try and stand back from it all and go, okay, this is the happening. This is Mm -hmm. the meaning I'm putting to it and separate that to be able to have a breakthrough awareness moment and how to change or break that cycle of events or patterns and cycles that are continually happening. This is the conclusion of part one of You Are the Hero of Your Own Story. For part two, scroll up.